I'm your host, Matt Hicks, the FF Educator. College football is officially back. We have actual college football that we can react to. So you're going to notice a tone shift here from off-season to in-season podcasting. And when we're in-season, what you'll notice is that I break down the episodes into segments Usually three segments, but sometimes we'll do two, sometimes we'll do four. On today's episode, we're going to do two segments. I'm going to start by reacting to the number one Devi Impact reaction from this past weekend, which was Zachariah Branch at USC. So I'm going to react here to Zachariah Branch's great performance against San Jose State. And then I'm going to talk about other true freshmen that I think can have an impact on the Devi landscape over the course of the 2023 college football season. And then what I'm going to do is one of my favorite segments, and you're going to notice it is a weekly segment in season. I'm going to preview the upcoming week of college football. That's week one. And I'm going to go through what you should be watching on your TV from a Devi perspective. In total, we're going to talk about a dozen games in that segment. So let's go ahead and jump into segment one here reacting to Zachariah Branch in his performance against the San Jose State Spartans. True freshman wide receiver Zachariah Branch was the star of Week 0. He absolutely showed out for the USC Trojans against San Jose State. Four receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. You look at that box score, Zachariah Branch tied for the most receptions with Dorian Singer. He had 58 receiving yards, which was the second most on the team. Add in the fact that Zachariah Branch took a 96-yard kick return to the house, and just on paper, you'd be impressed for what he was able to do. But then if you're actually watching the game, you're actually flipping it on you're going to be exponentially more impressed. You're going to see him as an electric runner. You're going to see incredible bursts, the ability to go 0 to 100 very fast. This man speeds up very quickly. He makes guys miss in space. He's a danger working deep into the field. And there's something that if you're not watching that game, if you didn't watch that game, that we have to clarify here. Zachariah Branch did not earn his volume in cleanup time. All right, USC and San Jose State, it was a two-possession game going into the fourth quarter. Zachariah Branch was making an impact from the start of the game. He was making an impact as a wide receiver. He was making an impact on kick return. And he did have a 12-yard rush as well. So it's clear to me that Lincoln Riley has identified how special Zachariah Branch is. And he's willing to get him on the field over more experienced players that probably expected to have a, a quicker claim to volume. Guys like Taj Washington. Guys like Mario Williams. Guys like Brendan Rice. Now it is one game. And my thing with Debbie is that we don't overreact. We don't overadjust. So I'm not affecting my rankings. I'm not changing my ranking of Zachariah Branch at all, but I have him tied for wide receiver two in the class already. You look there, I have Carnell Tate one spot higher, and then I have Zachariah Branch tied with Brandon Innes, Carnell Tate, Brandon Innes, both Ohio State wide receivers, great recruits in their own right and have the ability to develop in the Ohio State offense. So Zachariah Branch, he's living up to all the hype. He's living up to the five-star bill he had. He is making electric plays, and he looks like he's really working well within that 5'10", 170 frame. I'm excited to continue to watch him closely over the course of the season, 
But I think the biggest takeaway here, the biggest storyline that I want to run with is let's talk about what other true freshman impact players we could see. And I want to start here with Justice Haynes, the running back out of Alabama. Justice Haynes has been getting a lot of hype and a lot of praise this offseason, specifically from Nick Saban. And if you know Nick Saban, you know that he doesn't spend a lot of time hyping up freshman players specifically. So the fact that he's hyping up 5'11", 200-pound Justice Haynes, that's led me to bump up Haynes, and he's running back one in the 2026 class for me. I'm very high on him. And you look at the Alabama situation here, we still don't know who the starting quarterback is. I hope by the time you're listening to this episode, you know who the starting quarterback is at Alabama. But quite frankly, folks, I think we're going to get through the first couple weeks of the season with maybe a little bit of trial and error here, a little rotating through those three quarterbacks that are in contention. But I say all of that to point out the fact that Alabama is going to be looking to run the ball. And I think they're going to start with Jace McClellan. But we know that it can't just be Jace McClellan because they're going to need to run the ball first and then run the ball second for Alabama this year. And behind a good offensive line, Justice Haynes can absolutely work his way in to be that running back two in the rotation. And then when McClellan goes off to the league next year, you could be looking at an Alabama running back with a heavy volume load as a sophomore for the first time in a long time. And you know at that point the hype will be through the roof for Justice Haynes. So he's absolutely somebody who I could see making an impact early on in the season. Now the next player that I want to talk about, he might not make an impact early on in the season, but we could see quarterback Dante Moore at some point this season. Dante Moore, 6'2", 210. He's the highly touted recruit to UCLA. UCLA not known for bringing in big-time quarterback recruits, and UCLA also has yet to name their starting quarterback. Now, we think it's more likely to be between Garbers and Schley at this point in time, but the fact that neither one of those guys has grabbed the job and held on to it has really, I think it says just as much about Dante Moore and his opportunity to make an impact in this offense this year as it does Garbers and Schley. So I'm definitely interested to see Dante Moore if he does get the starting nod or even if he ends up rotating in for injury or, you know, in a blowout, garbage time, anything like that. It's going to be must-see TV. I need to get my eyes on him in live action, so I'm excited to do that. If we work down the the rookie big board a little bit here, you're going to see Cedric Baxter Jr. And the hype off the Texas beat is very high for Cedric Baxter Jr. There's legitimate talk that he's going to be worked into the offense early on here. And by the midpoint in the season, he could be working into running back two, quasi running back one work. He's 6'1", 215, one of the top running backs in his class And so I'm definitely excited to see C.J. Baxter, see him in action. And his teammate, Jonte Cook, has also been getting a ton of hype. Jonte Cook, 6'0", 175, really speedy boundary guy for Texas. Now, there's a pretty uh, good wide receiver room in Texas as well, but the beat is convinced that Cook is going to get some action in there. So in an offense led by Quinn Ewers, who has the ability to have some high-flying potential, we have both C.J. Baxter, the running back, and wide receiver Jonte Cook, who could end up flashing throughout the season. 
Another quarterback who we could see at some point in this season, true freshman quarterback, is Jackson Arnold out of Oklahoma, 6'1", 205. Now, in this 2026 quarterback class, there is not one player with a clear claim to the quarterback one title. Some folks believe it is Jackson Arnold. Some folks who are highly dialed into the recruiting circuit. And a lot of folks think that Oklahoma might have pulled a real coup getting him uh, through their recruitment process instead of a guy like Malachi Nelson, Arch Manning, Dante Moore, and Nico Iamaliava, who are kind of the consensus top-tier guys. So with Dylan Gabriel kind of having an extensive injury history and just the idea that Dylan Gabriel hasn't really proved himself to be special at Oklahoma, there's a legitimate chance we could see Jackson Arnold at some point this season. And similar to Dante Moore, if we do, it's must-see TV. Now the next quarterback that I want to talk about, it's not somebody that we have to wonder how long it's going to take for us to see him because we know Jaden Rashada, the quarterback at Arizona State, has won the starting quarterback job in Kenny Dillingham's system. So if you're not familiar, I'm going to try to give you the real short breakdown of Jaden Rashada's recruiting background. Committed to Miami, flipped to Florida for a major NIL package. The Florida Gators after uh, offering him and, and Rashada committing to them for that big NIL package informed him that there was no actual money to fund that NIL offer they gave him. Rashada left Florida Ended up at Arizona State, paired up with Kenny Dillingham. Rashada's father is an ASU legacy player. Kenny Dillingham uh, was did a great job at Oregon. And so you kind of have that, that young, exciting, new head coach with this highly recruited prospect. 6'4", 185. Rashada was on track to be quarterback two in this offense. And then Drew Pine got injured. And Rashada was able to win out the starting job over the quarterback who was starting for Arizona State last year. So it might be a little slow to start for Rashada, but if he pops early, you're going to see a big bump in his Devi stock. I want to talk about wide receiver Shelton Sampson Jr., because I think Shelton Sampson Jr. could end up having a decent role for LSU uh, as the season unwinds here. I like him. Some good um, some good hype from the beat, 6'4", 181. Now, it's not like LSU to necessarily get those young guys in early, but I think if you look at a four deep or a five deep for LSU, he's going to be factored in there. And so that's definitely somebody who I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. And then the last guy I'll mention is Dylan Edwards out of Colorado, 5'9", 165. I don't know that we'll see him in a significant role for Dion as a true freshman, but he is kind of billed to be this uh, this you know multifaceted athlete type player, and I think that um, Dion absolutely could be looking to to scheme him in and get him some action here, uh, especially if things go south early on in the season. You could see Dion quickly flipping over uh, from his transfer players and starting to think about how he can build out a little bit more of a future here for the Buffs with the talented player. So there you go. That's kind of a look at the the true freshmen that I think have the shot to. Make make the biggest impact on the dynasty landscape this year. Oh, you know what? Real quick, I skipped over Reuben Owens at Texas A&M. A lot of excitement about Reuben Owens and a lot of thought that he as well could have a, a significant volume load as a true freshman. So we have the opportunity for three running backs, uh, four wide receivers, you know, potent, we know at least one quarterback will have significant time. We could see two or three other quarterbacks gaining significant time over the course of the season. So a lot to be excited about here as we start to, to really dig in and understand what the 2026 class looks like.
Week one is upon us, and you know if you listen to the Rookie Big Board consistently, you know that one of the things that I try to do best is help you understand what you should be watching on Saturdays. By the way, awesome way to add into your Saturdays is to be a part of the Rookie Big Board Discord. You can head on over to patreon.com slash rookiebigboard to get access to the full Discord, the full Devi rankings that I've been alluding to, uh, to get personalized insight on building your Devi roster, those Devi trades, um, as well as the Dynasty and Rookie side of things as well. You can also try the free version of the Discord. You get the college football game day chat, and that you can access by using the link here in the episode description. So the way that I try to really help you out, it's actually two parts. One, I'll talk through matchups on the podcast. And then if you follow me on Twitter at the FF underscore educator, I also like to do a graphic that helps you understand what players to watch throughout the day. So I'm going to break this into three different slates. It's the early slate. It's the midday slate. And then it's the late slate. And for each one of these, I try to identify just four games, just four or maybe five games that I could tell you about here, because the idea is that I want you to think about it in terms of how you're actually viewing your viewing experience on game day. So let's go ahead here and start with East Carolina at Michigan. This is the early slate, the nooner slate, okay? It is the kickoff of the college football season, and you have so many choices in front of you. So the way that I break this down here, I'm gonna give you my terminology. The biggest game, the main game you should be paying attention to That's your TV game, right? And your TV game is going to be East Carolina at Michigan. Now, early in the season, it's hard to find matchups where where they're important because you want to watch both offenses, right? So you kind of have to hone in on these questions and these players that you really want to see. And so the main game is going to be Michigan because I want to see this running back backfield. I want to see that balance between Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, two guys who I think are legitimate top 100 overall selections in the 2024 NFL draft. And then I want to see J.J. McCarthy. And I think what's really exciting is that Michigan has a chance to come out against East Carolina, a very beatable, porous defense, and have J.J. McCarthy establish, command the offense, let him throw the ball, let him air it out a little bit, and let's see what wide receivers are involved in the offense as well. Don't sleep on Roman Wilson as somebody who's going to get legitimate NFL draft buzz when the time comes. Now, the way that I'm going to categorize this, the next big one is your main screen, right? Because I'm sitting here in my recording setup, you know, you might have your computer, your split screen, however you want to do it. The second most important game is going to be Virginia at Tennessee for me. Now, obviously a lot of bias here, but the Cavaliers and the Vols are going to play each other in Nashville, essentially a home game for Tennessee, but it counts as a neutral site game. And we're going to get to see our first shot at Joe Milton. And that's important here. Beyond my Tennessee fandom, everybody's going to have their eyes on Joe Milton because they want to see if he's able to hone in that that accuracy and kind of get into a, a rhythm, a momentum here and really command the Tennessee offense. We're, of course, going to see some deep shots. And I think the next question up here is, is really understanding the Tennessee wide receiver pecking order, right? Who's going to be the wide receiver one? Are they? Is it going to be Squirrel White in that slot role, which has been very popular over the last couple of years? But 
he's a little undersized, not as high volume as a guy like Velas Jones Jr., right, for example, or Jalen Hyatt last year. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that works out with Ramel Keaton on the outside, uh, with Brew McCoy on the outside, figuring out what that looks like. Because over the last couple of years, we've absolutely seen that the Tennessee wide receivers project well to the NFL. All right, the side screen game here is going to be Ball State at Kentucky. And I know that might not sound super exciting at first, but we have a couple players to really watch on the Kentucky offense. Quarterback Devin Leary is a guy who you do not want to sleep on from an NFL draft perspective. I think right now he's a day three guy, but he's somebody who I think NFL scouts are really going to like. If you go back, watch his 2021 tape. I really liked it. I thought he had good mechanics. Not the most arm talent in the world, but I think with the way Kentucky sets quarterbacks up for success, especially with Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator back, I think Devin Leary is going to look good in this game. First game against Maction. That's definitely a beatable defense with Ball State. And so it's going to be a fun one to watch. Wide receiver Barry and Brown could absolutely pop off for some big plays. I bet you're going to see his highlights uh, rolling through your Twitter feed uh, this weekend. And then Ray Davis, the, the transfer originally at Temple, then Vanderbilt, now Kentucky. I think he could have a big game running against Ball State. And then your iPad game, that's what I'm going to call the fourth most important game is Iowa. It's not super important from a Devi perspective, but there's a little bit of juice here. Specifically, I want you to watch wide receiver Caleb Brown. That's the Ohio State transfer. And if Iowa's offense does look a little bit more innovative, a little bit more flashy, I think it's going to be in big part because they were able to land that big transfer Caleb Brown, who was a major recruit to Ohio State, just wasn't able to break out in that wide receiver room. And folks, we've seen you know wide receivers can transfer from Ohio State and make a big impact on their new team. Cade McNamara is throwing him the ball, the former uh, Michigan quarterback who led them to the Big Ten Championship in 2021, is now engineering the Iowa offense, and he could see some legitimate NFL potential as a later day three guy if he's able to really command this offense and give him a little bit of juice. So there you go, 12 o'clock slate, Michigan, East Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, Iowa, Utah State, Kentucky, Ball State, 3 o'clock slate, 3.30 slate, SEC slate, whatever you want to call it here. We're going to start here with the main screen, Wisconsin at Buffalo. Now, this one's debatable because there's a ton of good action to watch in this game. I'm going to call it my my main screen here because it's my number one priority. I want to see this Wisconsin offense. I want to see Braylon Allen in action. I want to see Tanner Mordecai air the ball out a little bit. I think he's going to get more respect uh, in three months than we're giving him right now. But I think for most folks, the biggest game they're going to want to watch is Texas a hosting rice here. You get to see Quinn Ewers. You get to see Xavier Worthy. You get to see the aforementioned CJ Baxter. Maybe we'll see Jonte Cook. There's going to be a lot of action and a lot to see here. We want Quinn Ewers to come out hot with a big game, slinging the ball around. Let's get Texas warmed up so that they could go in there and get a W against Alabama. All right, Washington hosting Boise State. That is a super fun game for Washington. You're going to really be focusing in on Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback, and then that wide receiver core, highlighting Roma Dunze, the wide receiver, Jalen McMillan, the wide receiver. Now, remember, if you've been listening all throughout the offseason, you know I'm a little bit lower on all three of those guys than consensus. 
And so I'm especially going to be dialed in to see if they can uh, start to prove me wrong here in week one. Now, on the other side of the ball, I want to quickly mention Talon Green, athletic quarterback who really impressed once he took over for Boise State. He's getting a lot of hype off the beat. The overall national uh, coverage for him as well. It's not just the Boise State beat, and so there's a lot to like about Talon Green. And then running back George Haloni is somebody who's been on my Debbie radar for a few years. I think he's got the frame and the ability to run inside the tackles in a way that's going to make him a legitimate G5 to NFL draft prospect. And then, of course, we have Ohio State that we're going to need to be paying attention to in this window as well. Ohio State for a variety of factors, is going to be worth paying attention to. We want to see healthy Travion Henderson. We want to see how quickly Marvin Harrison Jr. can put up a 200-yard game. It might be right away. We want to see how Amika Egbuka is schemed into this offense early on this year. And Ohio State is playing Indiana. They get a Big Ten offense, or Big Ten defense, sorry, right off the bat. It's not just a layup game like Texas playing Rice or Wisconsin playing Buffalo. The, of course, the biggest thing we're going to want to see with Ohio State is do they have a clear named starter heading into this week between Devin Brown and Kyle McCord? Or are these two guys still going to be duking it out against Indiana? It's absolutely possible, and it's absolutely going to be one we're going to watch closely. Now, I'll call it my iPad game, phone game, whatever you want to call it. Just kind of a game to keep your eye out on the side. Oregon's playing Portland State. It shouldn't be too much of a matchup. Of course, Portland State's FCS, but... Any early look at Bo Nix, any early look at um, Franklin, that's going to be one we're going to want to watch closely. And then maybe we get a little bit of jury on Dickey, the true freshman wide receiver, as we get into the second half. That will definitely be a fun one to watch. All right, so let's go ahead now and jump into the late slate. Starting at 6 o'clock, you have Georgia at UT Martin. Not Again, another one that's not going to be too competitive, uh, too compelling from a uh, you know, just pure college football standpoint, but it's going to be our first shot at seeing uh, now officially named starter Carson Beck. Carson Beck is a quarterback who, if he just goes out and plays really good, you know, really solid throughout the year, he's going to be a legitimate top 100 NFL draft pick. And so we're going to want to be paying attention to him early on. And we're going to want to be paying attention to see if we have Dominic Lovett popping at the wide receiver position. And then I'm sure Brock Bowers is going to do something just stupid fun throughout this game. Uh, USC at Nevada, just kind of an honorable mention. Honestly, I'm going to try not to over discuss USC because we talked about them early on. Uh, we're going to talk about Caleb Williams consistently. It's almost an auto. Like if USC is on TV, I think, you know, you need to watch them. You need to watch for Caleb Williams. You need to watch for uh, Marshawn Lloyd, Austin Jones, Relique Brown running the ball and just kind of all the playmakers on the outside that we've already discussed. So that's more of an honorable mention here. We're going to want to watch Texas A&M. I'm interested in Texas A&M specifically. I want to see Connor Weigman. I want to see him command the offense. I want to see him push the ball downfield. I want to see Evan Stewart, the wide receiver, true sophomore, be the recipient of those targets because I think there's been a devaluation of Evan Stewart and just kind of sleepiness on Connor Weigman. And I think both of those guys are going to rise up in the Debbie rankings here over the first month of the college football season. Alabama is going to be hosting Middle Tennessee. This is absolutely a game where I think we could end up seeing all three quarterbacks playing, if not two out of three, between uh, Tyler Buckner, Jalen Milrow, and Ty Simpson. Clearly, none of these guys is running away with the battle, and I think Nick Saban's going to want to see live reps, and against Middle Tennessee, the Crimson Tide are going to have the ability to do that. 
Now, the biggest game that I want to watch in this slate, I did bury the lead a little bit, is Penn State hosting West Virginia. Although I do think Penn State will cover this game up pretty well. This is a legitimate week one battle. We don't always get that from a competitive standpoint. And so although I don't think West Virginia is going to push Penn State into the fourth quarter, it should be a situation where Penn State comes out early and shows us some of their true offense. All right, so it's not going to be super vanilla early season action. And we're going to see Drew Alar in his first live you know, reps as the starter, the guy. And so how is he going to be able to spread that ball out? What do those mechanics look like? What does that timing look like? You know, when it's when the lights are on and he's officially the dude, is he going to step up? I think he will. I think he'll look good. I think we'll be happy with the throwing motion. I think we'll be happy with the mechanics after the first week, but we just need to see it. And then, of course, that rotation between Catron Allen and Nick Singleton is going to be an exciting one. We're watching week in and week out. And then the last game I'll mention in this slate is a really fun one. It's North Carolina at South Carolina. And before I even get into this, I just want to point out, I love this matchup. They do it annually. It's been really, I think for four or five years now, they've done it every year at the beginning of the season. And I just love that these teams step up and schedule this game. South Carolina, nobody would blame them. Nobody would blame them if every year they scheduled Wofford or the Citadel or Charleston Southern, you know, just a, a team, an FCS team that they would have a huge advantage on because they got to run the entire SEC slate. And then their rivalry week is Clemson, but they still step up and schedule North Carolina. It's a really fun rivalry. It's a regional rivalry. It's one of these things that's getting pulled away from college football, but these two teams, they they're still about it. North Carolina, of course, has a hard schedule on their own. So I just want to Give them both a shout out for sticking to this game and this matchup. From the South Carolina side of things, we want to see wide receiver Juice Wells. And we want to see if Spencer Rattler is going to come out and be the dude, like the top tier Spencer Rattler from the start. And then, uh, you know, similar to Caleb Williams, anytime UNC is on TV, it's an auto watch because we want to see Drake May and we want to see how he's able to distribute the ball around. Now, I mentioned that there's three slates, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 7 o'clock. There's also a bonus slate and rookie big board listeners and rookie big board patrons and folks in the discord, they know about the sicko slate. Okay. And the sicko slate is that late slate, that West coast football. And I talk about it all the time because it's sleepy. Folks forget about it. They're done by the time you get to 10 o'clock. But these Pac-12 guys, they'll sneak up on you and become legitimate NFL draft prospects, but not us. They don't sneak up on us because we talk about the sicko slate. And for me, there's two sicko slate games that you want to watch in week one. The first is Arizona, 10 o'clock. Arizona has some legitimate playmakers at wide receiver and Jacob Cowing and Tutoria McMillan. You, you might not get a ton of Arizona on primetime <laughs> primetime sicko slate this season so you want to take advantage of it running back Michael Wiley has slept on as well quarterback Jaden Delora distributing the ball it'll be against Northern Arizona so it might just be a first half watch so you can still get in bed by 11 you know 11 15 not feel too bad about it except you won't go to bed because starting even 30 minutes later at 10 30 p.m eastern time is Coastal Carolina at UCLA this is a fun one folks we get to finish week one with this game, I mentioned UCLA earlier. What does this quarterback situation look like? They also have a rotation of running backs coming in here. 
all who are legitimate guys. You have J. Michael Sturdivant, the wide receiver on the outside, the transfer from Cal. This is going to be a really fun offense to watch. And, of course, Coastal Carolina has Grayson McCall, who definitely could be a legitimate NFL draft prospect coming out of the G5 as well. So I think I said I was going to give you a dozen games. I'm pretty sure it's closer to two dozen games. But it's week one of the college football season, folks. Jump in the Rookie Big Board Discord. If you want to go all in, be a Rookie Big Board patron to get access to the rankings, personalized advice as well. That is what I would recommend. But if not, try it out. Just jump in so you could talk college football with us on game day. Again, the link to that will be in the episode description. So just pop in the Discord so you can talk college football with us. I'm so excited. The season is upon us. And by the way, once we get to the NFL season as well, that will get mixed in. So it'll be Devi, Dynasty, uh, rookie content all the way through. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows that it all connects and intertwines with each other, and that's what we're doing here. We're helping you understand rookie value 365 days of the year by starting you know, with freshmen here all the way through seniors in college football and then translating that over to the NFL side of things. If you are enjoying this podcast and you have not left it a five-star review yet, please, please, please take just 20 seconds, drop a five-star, whether you're listening on Apple, uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening. I appreciate it. And it's week one, folks, of the college football season. I appreciate you checking out this episode of The Rookie Big Bowl.